You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 413. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hi, David. Hello. It's been a uh, fun-filled week for me with uh, iOS 13.1. I finally updated on Tuesday. Yep. Uh, I assume that you probably up- updated your phones because you were already at 13. I was- I was at 13, so I moved to 13.1. But, you know, the real interest for me with uh, 13.1 was the fact that that was the first update for the iPads for this year. Right. Um, and qu- quite a lot of changes there. And um, I'm really impressed with the changes they've made. Did you subscribe to uh, Apple Arcade? I did. Yeah? Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I've, I've found some good fun games on there. I'm a bit... I'm a bit ambivalent about Apple Arcade because I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago I'm mostly gaming on the Switch nowadays and so I was wondering like you know will it be a waste of money I mean the kids are playing with it and that sort of thing as well but um, no this, some of the stuff I've not I've not delved into it too deeply but some of the stuff I found to be quite good I, I've only tried two games on there so far right. um, here's my concern before I get to those games with Apple Arcade Apple saying all the right things, especially, you know, in their speeches and all that. Yeah. But are they really, really committed to it in that uh, there's like a hundred games on there, something like that? Yeah. Are we going to get new games on a regular basis? Well, this is this is a always a worry with Apple because they, they're very good at announcing them fading. Exactly. Um, they need to be maintaining a, a level of game releases every month going forward to make this service more interesting because mm-hmm. you know uh, even the most ardent gamer can get through pretty much everything on there in in a few months and some of the you know some of them are okay some of them are better than okay i wouldn't say there's any any really terrible games on there but there's a whole lot of games that i'm never going to play because they're not really my thing um and so yeah i mean if you if you're subscribing on a month by month basis you've got to have new content to make you Make you keep the subscription button pressed. I can say that what the the one annoyance I had, my iPad has a lot more storage space than my iPhone yeah. does, and I don't really game on my iPhone. Um, one game is about it, and there's a couple little, you know, I'll keep stuff like the Pac-Man game, the endless Pac-Man thing, yeah, um, and a couple little things that you know if I'm I'm sitting. In a parking lot, waiting for someone for ten minutes. It'll, exactly. It'll, yeah. Th- that's all I, I want. Yeah. That's right. I was saying last week I have Doctor Mario on there for that, and um, you know, uh, I think the one I, I've been using on the iPhone that kind of fits into that category from Apple Arcade is the, the Word Laces game, where you've got to, you know, it's one of these word puzzle things where you've got to pick out words from a picture by um, from the, from groups of letters. It, you know, it's fun. Um, it's the sort of thing that you normally you would expect to get as a freemium game and then be. Um, dinged for coins or upgrades or hints or something like that. Obviously, Apple Arcade doesn't do that for you. Um, you know what? And and two or three of those, and it's probably worth the four ninety nine a month just for those. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. So I downloaded a couple big games on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hot Lava and what's the, heck's the other one called? Um, Ocean Horn Two. I knew you'd go for that one because that's the one that's a bit like Breath of the Wild. Well, that's what it was kind of. Even the character kind of looks like, you know, Link. Um, But, yeah, those are the two I went for. And I played maybe maybe um, 20 minutes of uh, Ocean Horn until I had to go do something else. Next day, I couldn't take any pictures on my phone. Well, because it was full. Yeah, because iOS decided, oh, you downloaded this on your iPad. You must want to download it on your iPhone as well. There is a setting you can turn that off. Do you know where it's at? Yeah, it's in um, settings. <laughs> it's definitely uh-huh. in settings. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. If you go into uh, iTunes and App Store, and if you turn off automatic downloads for apps in there, then it will not download apps from your other devices to this one. Ah. Done. Good, because that was uh, that was annoying. Well, yeah, and, and I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I found where it's it can be super aggressive about removing apps to make space. Yes. And then you, you know, if that's like a 1.5 gigabyte app uh, game and it decides to delete it to make space, that kind of sucks. <laughs> well, that and the, they removed the restrictions 
so if it's a large download, now it will do it over the cellular network. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I just downloaded a, a two gigabytes worth of games on the iPad, and all of a sudden my uh, iPhone. Well, like, again, under iOS thirteen, um, it will. You can actually turn automatic downloads off for mobile I, data, I, and I just did. Yeah, and you can also make it always ask you. Um, if you don't want it to do that either. So. Yeah, and you can also make it so it doesn't uh, offload apps. It's well, yeah, the but the, the thing is, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't have a problem with it offloading apps. It's just the algorithm it uses seems to suck because it seems to be, right, well, I'll get rid of the biggest thing you've got, which is not what you want. My understanding, that's the one that's a pain to, to, to re-download. Yeah. My understanding I to get was rid of that it was 15 games I haven't used for the last two years because those probably add up. Well, that's what I thought it was supposed to do. Yeah. Because I look at mine and the stuff that it's offloaded is stuff I probably don't care about anyways. Yeah. But although it did offload Pac-Man, I'm like, really? I was a little ticked about it. But no, it left Pokemon Go on there, even though my son hasn't played that game in probably six months on my phone. Yeah. So that was a little annoying. But I, I tell you what, I, I'm definitely in the position. I've got a 64 gig phone now. Um, when when I get the new my iPhone 11 at the end of the year, uh, I'm going to tell the company that I'm going to pay them the extra 50 pounds to get the 128. Because just because of this problem, because it's it's a huge problem now. I made the terrible terrible mistake while I was in San Francisco of buying my wife a new iPad because the uh, she was on an Air 2 and the battery was starting to wear out. And uh-huh. So she mentioned this to me. So I said, oh, well, we'll, we'll get you a new one. Uh, ordered one off the refurb store. Had it delivered to the San Francisco Apple store. But I only bought the 32 gig one, didn't I? Mm. Oh, dear. <laughs> I thought, well, she hardly uses anything on there. She's basically just Facebook and a couple of games and, and anything like that. That was a mistake. So uh, last Friday, I was in the Apple store here in Manchester picking up a uh, 64 for her. Yep. Or was it 64 or 120? I forget anyway. Because basically the 32 wasn't going to cut it. So now my daughter's going to have the 32. Um, and uh, I'm doing some shuffling around. And that has helped. The, the, the main content hog on my daughter's iPad is movies. And that has helped now because under iOS 13, you can have the movies on an external drive. Yes. Uh, and I, you can actually play them off the external drive. So um, she'll, she'll manage with the 32 gig iPad. But, uh, but yeah. The more storage you can get, the better. It's annoying, though, when they have the thing where it goes from, like, 32 up to 128 or 64 and or up to 256. I think the pros do that. You can either get a 64-gig iPad Pro or a 256-gig, and it's like a 150-pound difference. And then you think, well, okay, so I need more than 64, but I really didn't want to go all the way to 256. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I am... Um, I, they know what they're doing. I did play the one that I, you know, because I, I watched that, I don't know, that 100 second video that yeah. Apple for Apple Arcade, which, as we discussed a couple weeks ago, was actually a lot better than what they showed at the keynote. Yeah. And that's that video actually made me want to subscribe. So I did right away. And uh, the first game, though, I played wasn't Oceanhorn. It was actually the Hot Lava one. And I like the concept you know, as kids, I, I remember playing hot lava in my living room when I was a kid, when yeah. my parents weren't there because, you know, they would not have appreciated yeah. me crawling over tables. Uh, the whole point of how far can you go before you have to touch the floor because the floor is That's hot right. lava. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the concept, but man, that game sucks. It, it's thought, so hard to control it, I'm not anything. Played it yet. Oh, it's just, it's clunky as heck. We're using it, a controller? No, I was just using, you know. As God intended the iPad to be played with I get fingers. the impression from the games I've seen so far that, that there's quite a good chunk of them where the, because extended controller support has come with iOS 13, the uh, Apple have said to the developers, don't worry, you know, have the game controlled the way you think it should be controlled. If that's controller, um, if that's the best, best experience, then that's fine, do it. Um, and I think with some of the games it's like that. And, and I've, got, I've got to be honest, I would not, for most of the games on there, I would not sit down and play them now without a controller because I've really kind of got used to that. But here's my problem. Getting out my iPad and then getting my controller and sitting down and playing a gaming session is a pain compared to just picking up my Switch Lite and turning it on. So, um, you know, the iP- I think 
I found myself musing today. Apple Arcade really have come about 12 months too late because I think they should have done this before. Uh, and I agree. now I think they're facing much more competition than maybe they'd done this year, 18 months ago. Um, and of, of course, you know, for a subscription service, you need to get people engaged and have it be their first choice. And uh, I don't think that's going to happen for, for a lot of people because the Switch is a massive hit. Well, and they release App Arcade the same week that the Switch Lite comes out with a exactly. Link's Awakening. That, that's and right. Like, and, uh, oh, wow, that, you couldn't you have know, timed that worse if you tried. I know. And, and the other thing as well is the Switch, is it, it kind of straddles the divide because it's pretty easy for people to port their mobile games to Switch and they have a store. Um, and while you end up paying a little bit more for the mobile games, if you buy them through the Switch, they're just kind of there. And then, you know, it's just another game to play. And I think it's a, I think that's a real challenge for Apple that perhaps they've not appreciated is the fact that, you know, they may well not even, even realize Switch is in their competition space, but it kind of is. I wonder know? how difficult, because I know that the PS4 DualShock controller is supported on the iPad. Yeah. I've got two of them. Of course, they're, you know, they're connected to my uh, PS4. Well, can I use the same controller on the iPad? Well, I bet you can, but you'll have to break the connection to the PS4. It won't float between. So yeah, that was my that's, question. That's another challenge is that, you know, yeah, you, you can use your existing controller, but that means it's not connected to your device. So if you've got a spare one, that's fine. But if you don't, then you're going to have to go out and buy another controller. I, now, I would imagine a lot of people would prefer to do that than going out and buying a, an MFI certified controller. Well, um, because it also supports the Xbox One controller and both those PS4 and the Xbox One controllers without obviously testing every other MFI controller out there. They're just better controllers. There's no yeah, question they, in my they mind. Are. I, have, I have two or three of the Steel Series ones, and they're nice controllers, but they're not as good as the... Uh, certainly as the... I don't, I don't know the PS... Uh, for controllers, but they're not as good as the Xbox 360 controllers, which is the one I've got. Um, I've not tried to pair my Xbox 360 controllers to my iPad. Actually, I should try that and see if it works. I will say that PlayStation has always had, uh, quite honestly, since the PS1, the best controllers. I really like the, the Xbox 360 controller, no question. But the at the time, anyways, the, the PS2 controller and the PS3 controller were better controllers. Uh, yeah. they, they just... They just felt better. Um, and now the PS4, the, the Xbox One controller comes damn close. Don't get me wrong. And I know there's some like pro controllers that Microsoft sells for it that are very good. I've never tried any of them, but everything I've read, they're very good and they're better than the originals that come with the Xbox. But the PS4 controllers, you just get the impression, you just get the feel when you're touching it that Sony just really knows how to make a, a quality controller. And if you look at the PS4 controller... And then you look at a PS1 controller. It's not really all that different. It really, yeah. really isn't. Yes, it, you know, it's got you know a touch control and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they're pretty much the same controller. And I like that going way back to 95, 96, whenever the PS1 came out, um, they hit it out of the park with the controller and they've just yeah. continued it, tweaking it here and there to make it a little bit better. But if it ain't broke... Don't fix yeah. it. One thing Sony's always had going for them is, is truly superb engineering. Yes. Um, it's, the, it's the politics and the business practices of companies that have, of Sony that's more of a problem than, than the engineering side. Well, I mean, they've, they've had their hits and misses, don't get me wrong, but I agree with you as a general rule. Yeah, even even it, their misses were incredibly well engineered. <laughs> oh, yeah, the PSP. I mean, it, yeah. it, was a, it's a, it was great, but nobody really bought it. Not really. Well, yeah, yeah certainly, a... the, certainly the Vita, uh, I mean, the, the, the original PSP was much more popular, and they did several models of those, but it's something for the engineering of those, uh, and the older Nintendo ones, to be honest, that you can pick those things up today. Some of these things will be 10, 15 years old, um, and will have been used a heck of a lot, <laughs> and yet they still mostly work. Uh, Whereas, always... uh, you know, things like uh, there's been trouble with the, the longevity of the Joy-Cons on the Switch, and you know, things like uh, that. Yeah. Whereas, you know. Yep. Well, and it's, it's that's kind of surprising considering that Nintendo pretty much owns the mobile gaming space. They really yeah. do. And to have such a janky, faulty... Now, 
Nintendo, at least like you said last week, in the U.S. is replacing them or at least fixing yeah. them. So there's that. Uh, but so jumping into uh, Oceanhorn 2, mm-hmm. um, I quite like it, but it feels... Anybody who's who's picking up thinking, oh, this is like Zelda, eh, for the first 10, 15... Well, I've, I've played it for about a half hour now. Yeah. Um, it looks nice. Don't get me wrong. It looks really pretty. But it doesn't have the spit and polish, if you will, that Zelda does, which it's a smaller company. Of course, it's not going to. Yeah. Uh, it feels a little bit more Nintendo 64-ish, if you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've got to be honest. I've never, I've never really been attracted to the 3D Zelda games. Um, and I tried to play them. I bought um, Ocarina of Time for my uh, my 2DS, mm-hmm. uh, and I just could not get into it. And and I I think part of it was that kind of N64 ish, the kind of the the way the the world was presented. Just didn't, it really didn't engage me. It seemed a bit too simple. Um, it was too difficult to see things at a distance. Yep. Um, uh, and and then I had some some you know kind of control issues and stuff like that and the, of course the, the thing with the zelda games you have to do an awful lot of kind of running around looking for things and, and i just found it a pain in the neck and it, i kind of really gave up on it um and it's only i've not played breath of wild but alexander has it on his switch and i've i've watched him play it and i've got to say it it addresses all of the concerns i had with the previous 3d zeldas in the, breath of the it, wild is one of the greatest games ever made yeah and, it looks, and for it me looks to fantastic that, and yeah yeah and, and it's one of those games when you watch somebody playing it you think you, you're kind of going i really want to have a go at that you know yeah. can i have a go now you know that really looks engaging it, it's yeah and and it kind of almost says to a fault um i mean going back a couple of years when that game came out of course i had two copies one on the switch which i played and one on the Wii U, which Cole played. Um, and he still breaks out the Wii U to play that game. It's that good. And that, for me to say that's one of the greatest games of all time really does say something because oh, I've yeah. been playing games for a very long time. And I was never, never a Zelda fan. So they just never, they never really did anything for me. And I thought, I get exactly the same. Yeah. let's get back to Zelda in a second because yeah. I know you want to continue that. But uh-huh. uh, Oceanhorn 2. Now, I yeah. saw the original Oceanhorn, and it never didn't jump out at me. I think it was like a five ninety nine game, and yeah. yeah, I just didn't think much about it. But then I saw the previews for this one, and it wasn't in that Apple um, commercial. It was a video game YouTube channel that I follow, this one guy. And I, was, I almost unsubscribed to him because he used to do a lot of game hunting, and I like that. Um, but now he does a lot of standing in front of the camera talking about games and I could care less. Uh, but one of the things that jumped out, it said Zelda on iOS question mark. And I recognized what the graphic was. I could tell that was Oceanhorn. So I watched yeah. his video and he did some gameplay and he was actually playing the Android version, which came out a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting and it got my attention. So of course I downloaded it for Apple Arcade and I'm about 40 minutes, 50 minutes into it, maybe. I'm not sure. I haven't really been timing myself. Um, it's good, but it's not great. I don't even know if I want to say it's good. It's too early to say. The controls, though, are just so clunky. I keep getting hit by... I'll run by a character that I'm so so attack, and then I, I got a swipe, swipe to turn back around, and by then he's hit me twice, and so that gets that, again, a little annoying. You're playing on touch there, are you? You're not yes. playing with a controller. Yeah. And if and if it popped up and said this game is much better with a controller, that would be cool. But there's no such thing. It doesn't do that. No. Uh, so I'm I'm hesitant to unpair one of my PS4 controllers. Like it's not that difficult to repair it. Uh, repair it, get it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it. I don't play the PS4 hardly ever. So I I, I thought you had Steel Series controllers. If I do, they're probably packed away somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I've had a bunch of game controllers. Um, I kind of went through a purge not too long ago. I didn't throw away any of my gaming stuff. I did a lot of my computer stuff. Um, But the gaming stuff are all kind of packed away, and I I don't know where they are. They're probably in here somewhere, but... One of the... This is an aside now, but one of the uh, evil evil demonic aspects of Amazon is... Have you ever had that thing where... You know you own something, but you're not sure where it is, and you just think, you know what, it's cheap enough, I'll just order another one off from Amazon. 
mm-hmm. it's quicker quicker than going and finding it. I'm kind of that way with my. I have a Canon GL2, which yeah. is a prosumer camera. Yeah. I'm never going to film on it ever again. I know it's packed away somewhere in the house. Mm-hmm. I know it is, but I have a lot of old videotape on um, mini HD and mini DB tapes. Yeah. That I would like to re-import. And now, back in the day, I imported them and I edited them all together for the kids' stuff and laid down some yeah. audio tracks. And those are okay. I don't really want to hear the song anymore. And I would rather just watch the raw footage, even though it's, you know, 20 minutes of a garage sale we had in front of our house. Yeah. Because it has the kids playing and stuff, and I can hear their voices. That's what I want to watch again. Uh-huh. So I've half-heartedly looked for the camera. Yeah, and even when I find it, I'm I've got to hope that the battery still works and it will take a charge and all that. Yeah, but um, you got to find the charger as well. Well, it's in the bag. I it, I oh, know right, that okay. they're in a camera bag. It's all together. I oh, just well, that's very that's very organized of you because normally what I do if I'm go looking for something old is I'll find it and then I'll go where the heck's the charger for it? No, oh, I kept sh- the charger together. <laughs> um, so I I, I want to reimport all that, but it's FireWire, so I can't plug it directly into this Mac. So I would have to get one of those adapters. Um, although, I don't know. Does my dock? I've got a... I don't think the dock I have has FireWire on it. Uh, even if it is, it's, uh, don't the cam, mini DV cameras all use FireWire 400? Yeah. And uh, if you have FireWire, it'll probably be FireWire 800. So then you need a converter. And uh, before you know it, this is becoming far more of a pain-in-the-neck project than you thought it was when you started. It is, but it's, it is worth it. But here's the thing. I've got yeah. my uh, uh, my... 17 inch macbook pro uh-huh. so i will still need a firewire 400 to 800 which i think is also in that with the camera right because it, back when i was editing it was all firewire 800 by that point as well so i don't think that's even a problem the problem is finding the camera yeah and so i've been on ebay occasionally and i will look for mini dv cameras now the vast majority of them are digital. And I'm like, this now, why do they call the new thing the same thing as the old thing? When the, It just drives me crazy. But there's an old Canon one I used to have. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but I did for a little while ago, and I looked for it on eBay. And I could find them for 50 100 bucks. Yeah. Uh, tested, working. Now, yeah. those are the quality that it would record at wasn't nearly as good as my Canon. So I don't know if playing my tapes back on those cameras will result in the same picture quality. I know the well, camera. It should do because, because the whole point about mini DV is the, um, the data was recorded digitally onto tape. Mm-hmm. So, uh, cause the whole point was to try and get some sort of lossless. Um, so all you really need the camera for is the transport and the firewire connection. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, and, and the data should come off just as good as it was recorded. But I hate the thought of spending any money on a camera I'm never going to use other than to transfer all these tapes to. And I've probably well, got 35, 40 tapes. How much would it cost to send them to a service and do them? No, oh, but how much would it cost me to get off my lazy butt and find the camera that I got somewhere in the basement? Oh, you're talking about maybe dropping yourself fifty dollars in the hole. So if you could get the cameras, the tapes converted for fifty dollars, win-win, and you've also saved a little bit of the planet by uh, not buying another camera. You're going to throw in landfill. But I'm going to throw that one in landfill too. <laughs> Stop it! I'm trying to help you out here. I don't know. I, I, I. I oh, it's, um, it's in a conundrum. I, I've got to tell you that what would put me off with doing what you're talking about doing is the fact that, you know, the the, the with mini DV, did you have to play the tapes back in real time? Yes. Yeah. So how many hundreds of hours have you got on those tapes? Well, I don't care about that because if if I'm not doing it on my main Mac and I'm I'm doing it on my laptop, I'll just I'll plug in my I think I've got like a 512 gigabyte external. Uh, um, well, what the heck is it? A SD or not a SD? A, uh, what do you call it? Wow. I'm just drawing a blank. Not a conventional hard drive, a uh, SSD. SSD. Thank you. Wow. My, I just completely blanked out there. Yeah. I've got an external SSD drive that I can plug in. It's like 500 gigabytes. Um, and I would just dump them right on there and just let it do its thing. Let it play yeah. in the background. I don't care. Check yeah. an hour later if it stopped. It stopped. Great. Hit save, and I'll just import it all into uh, iMovie, yeah. and then just export the raw, you know, DV file. Yeah. 
out over the network until my media center, and I've got them all. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I, I get you. I guess you remember back back in the day when editing one tape like that was all you could do because the storage was so much. And now you've got the <laughs> cheap SSD and drop all the tapes on there. Yeah. In fact, I don't even need to put it over the network. When it's done copying to the SSD, I just plug that SSD into my main Mac and drag yeah, it over. Just, well, I, I wouldn't drag over the raw stuff. You want to convert it to MP4, don't you? Because Well, that's what I'm saying. I will do that yeah. on on the laptop. Do the export there, and it will take five times longer there than it will on my main computer. But I don't care; it's just sitting there, anyways. Um, It's it it's a project, and it would be quite honestly, it'd probably take me a month to do. You know, I sit down. Oh, I'll import another tape, hit it play, and then ignore it until you know it's done. Um, the The bigger problem is watching that footage, naming the file correctly, and each tape's not going to have just one event. You know, it, yeah. one tape could have four or five different things on it, and I don't want that as one giant movie file. Well, you could probably you could probably import it into a video package and have it automatic based on the kind of the the breaks uh, in the in the in the footage. You could probably um, break it up into separate separate um, clips. Well, yeah, but then I gotta uh, sort those clips and export that one, and then sort the clips oh. and export the. Ne- yeah, well, that's kind of a pain. Well, yeah, but you know what? This is uh, that's what that's why you want to send it to a service. Yeah, I'm not sending it nowhere. <laughs> too lazy for that. Too cheap. When I could do it myself. Let's, let's face it. You're not going to do any of this. <laughs> no, I will. I, 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 I will, have the tapes you will un- in a box under my desk. Re- when you retire, you will say, "Now I'm going to get to." No, this. I'll do it when I find the damn camera. And I'll find yeah. the camera when I'm you not looking for it. Find the camera when you retire. I'll find it when I'm not looking. Yeah, I'll when be, you when next time you move house, you'll find it then. I'll, I'll be looking for the Christmas decorations in you know the end of November, and then I'll come across the. Oh, there's that camera, and then there's it'll sit camera. on the floor. Exactly. Yes, in a bag in my office for another yeah. month. Month? Six months? Probably. Twelve months? Two then years? I, then I'll take down the Christmas tree at the beginning of January. I'll stumble over the bag in my office. Then I will clean a spot on my desk for the laptop, plug it all in, realize I'm missing a cable, and it'll be another three weeks before I find it on eBay and order it. Yeah. So okay. probably March of 2020, yeah. I'll start the import, and by July, I'll be done. So, Mike, my, my, uh, we've been in our house five years, and when we moved there, so Alexander was 11. He's not it's, been a, it's been five years since you moved to this five house? Five years, yeah. Nearly. Wow, it doesn't seem that long. Yeah. Uh, I keep thinking uh, it was like two years ago. I know. And we we're, keep thinking that too, which well, is why and what, we're we're still doing the new show. Exactly, yes. Well, which is why the, the story I'm about to tell you is so awful because <laughs> I know there are boxes and boxes, literally probably about three square meters of boxes in the garage full of Alexander's old toys that he was kind of into when he was eleven. Um, he ain't into them anymore. No. <laughs> so basically, I just need to go in there and throw them out, but yep. they are still stacked up at the back of the garage. Well, I still have toys in the basement that Cole is, you know, going to be 12 uh, in a couple months. Mm-hmm. And that's about the last hurrah for playing with toys. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, most of his free time, he wants to play a video game or something. Yeah. But last night, right before bedtime, Julie was in the kitchen. I went in there and I said, he's playing with his toys right now. Because he was in the, and he was doing the psh, psh, psh sounds, yeah. you know, all that. And... I like hearing him do that, but I was also a little bit melancholy because that was the norm. It's not yeah. anymore. So he's still into it, but not the way he used to be. And, and I know, you know, it, it, there's a timer here. That's right. Part of me is glad because we're going to get rid of all these damn toys that he never touches. The other part is I wanted to be a little kid still. I wanted yeah. to play and have fun. And Of course, the, the real problem he faces now is that you know, he he can do that in his own time, but he can't talk about it to his friends because when when he does the first time, some kid goes, "What are you doing that?" You know, that's very babyish, and all of a sudden he'll be he'll be uh, too cool. You're, too you're cool still for that playing anymore. with toys, yeah. yeah. Yep, and it's yep. a shame. It is. It yeah. is. And, you, and if that happens in front of you, you're going to want to throttle the kid who says it to him. You are literally going to want to wrap your hands around his throat. Well. <laughs> Well, we kind of went through that already, and yeah. that you know, with the whole Santa Claus Christmas thing. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. They grow up. Yeah. 
So, anyways, um, Oceanhorn 2, it's a good game. Uh, my biggest criticism is it feels like you're the only thing alive in the game. I think you come across other characters eventually, but it's just basically you and some little monsters that you slash that respawn when you walk out of the room and come back and they're there again. Yeah. Um, I like the game so far, but it feels very shallow. Yeah. And that, and that's the game that's, or that's the problem. I think you get with a lot of these, even the triple a mobile type games, they're shallow. There's not a lot of depth. If you scratch too much beneath the surface, there's nothing there. Whereas you look at something like, well, uh, Zelda on the Switch or a Grand Theft Auto game, even going way back to PS2, there was a lot of depth there. There was a lot more to explore. It felt like a living, breathing thing. Um, yeah, but these I, games I think, don't. I think the problem is is that you know a lot of the AAA titles um, for for the mainstream consoles and I'm air quotes when I say that because what does that mean nowadays in these days of the Switch um, the, they would spend probably three, four months of development time with the producer of the game actually coming up with a story and a concept before they even get to gameplay or graphics or anything like that and that gives the, that depth because then that can all be, that everything that comes after it can be layered on top of that world whereas the game like Oceanhorn it is what it is, it's we, the reason people say oh, it's, it's like Zelda is because effectively it's a knockoff of Zelda, and that means that they, you know, however long they spent on the story uh, and the concept for it, effectively is a rip off of something else, uh, and then they built everything on top of that. So you're right, the whole thing is shallower than the sort of games that come out of. And they, I mean, and you know, you're also comparing, as you said this game on mobile with something that's generally accepted to be, even it's only been out a couple of years, is a classic, one of the best video games ever made. So, right. um, you know, it's always going to suffer in comparison. Um, but that doesn't respect- make it less fun. Well, no, it, no, does. it does. It does It does make it less fun. It just, it's, that doesn't mean it's not fun. And look, exactly, it, I'm, yeah. you're spending six bucks a month or five bucks a month and you get all of these games, and this is just one of them. So in that respect, I have to give a thumbs up to Apple Arcade, even though I've only played a couple games so far. I am not disappointed, but I think the true review of Apple Arcade from both of us, and, and anybody listening, is going to be six months from now or a year from now. Yeah. Is it still worth having the subscription? Have you played yeah. through all the good games and everything else is just card and word games and it's they haven't released anything new in a long time? Yeah. That's where, if Apple is serious about competing with, with the big boys in gaming, and mobile is supposedly you know the biggest out there at this point because everybody's on mobile. Not everybody's buying a Switch or an Xbox or PS4. But yeah. if you're serious about being at the forefront of this, you you have to have good quality titles. You have to have a, a Zelda type of game that blows people away. You got to have original IP stuff that is just phenomenal. Um, I'm a little disappointed though with how much content is in I, the iOS store. That the App Store, I guess I should say, uh, as far as games, that's not included. It's like okay. Everything in arcade is going to be in arcade. You can't buy it separately, and it's its all own little walled garden. I get the concept, but I think they missed a bigger point. If I subscribe to Apple Arcade, there should be thousands of games. Why can't I get the Pac-Man games and stuff like that? Oh, Frogger. Frogger was the other one I wanted to try in Apple Arcade. Yeah. Well, well I think the reason for that is that there's, I think I think they don't want the negative experience of people. If they take... Because their concept with Apple Arcade is no ads, no um, freemium mechanics. You know, you just play the game. Um, They also want some technological stuff. They want, you know, cross-platform sync. They want it to work on the Mac. They, um, you know, they want it to work on the Apple TV. So there there are some technical limitations that can't necessarily be layered on top of existing games in the App Store. The second thing is, even if they were to approach uh, a developer of a, you know, a and a good app store title that's priced at four ninety nine, five ninety nine, something like that, and say, "Will you move your product into Apple Arcade?" That would mean upsetting all the people who paid for it. And and you know how you know 
how the hells are processed are whenever anything you know whenever any app in the app store changes from you know buy it once to a subscription model everybody goes crazy um and so i think apple is is steering away from that to avoid that controversy but of course that means that all the stuff that goes into apple arcade has to be developed from scratch which means it's, it's going to take time yeah i don't know i i think that i think if you subscribe to apple tv uh, they should have signed up a ton of developers or this should be in the very near future that the level of content is going to go through the roof. You're going to get a lot well, more stuff. Yeah. It, but you know what? I think if you see them do that, if you see them all of a sudden kind of, you know, aqua hire a whole load of games from the app store and move them into Apple arcade, I think that'd be a sign that the service isn't doing well because I think there'll be, they were saying, oh, we're desperate to get more content in there. This is the quickest way to do it, rather than sticking to the principles they've established first. Um, so I think if you see them do that, if all of a sudden you know, games you used to be able to buy appear under Apple Arcade, it will suggest to me that the service isn't, isn't doing as well as they want it to. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed so far. I'm actually downloading three games right now. Uh, I'm downloading, let me go back here. Uh, I got the Frogger. It's called Frogger in Toy Town. Yep. Uh, Rayman Mini and Way of the Turtle. What is it, the it, Way of the Turtle? Uh, well, let me bring it up here. Um, it's an epic adventure. Is it? it? An e- oh, I'm sorry. An epic turtle adventure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when I think epic adventure, turtles aren't what normally come to mind. In this charming adventure platformer, Join two turtles on their journey to reunite strand uh, to reunite stranded on a tropical island in the middle of nowhere. To reunite stranded on that is really bad writing. And well, an island not so it, innocent as it might look at first glance. Um, of course, there's coins that you have to jump and get, and I I don't know where they got this idea from. It's it's kind of strange. Yeah. You know, it's you know, it's also kind of um, ironic, maybe. That the games that we download like this would have been monster hits twenty years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Now it's it's a throwaway game that you're you know. Well, but that's, twenty uh, years ago, that's that's App Store economics for you. That's what's done that. It's basically it's devalued the mm, work that goes into no, these no, no. Games. I, I don't know. That's not what I'm getting at. I mean, the playability. Like, uh, we'll stick with the ones that we've already been talking about, okay? So, Oceanhorn. If this game came out looking the way it did on, uh, let's say, the Xbox 360, it would have been a monster hit. Mm -hmm. It would have been huge. But now, it's common. Yeah, this is... What's happened with mobile is that the... You know, the kind of the acceleration, the capabilities of these things. Effectively, you know, you go back to the original iPhone, um, you know, you could play some of these games, not as well as, as the modern ones. Um, and there's some software frameworks in there that are being leveraged to allow some of this to happen. But, you know, it, I mean, it could it could produce decent gameplay that, that was at least equivalent to the the, the uh, the regular handheld systems at the time it came out 10 years ago. But there was no way you could approach anything approaching a TV console. And and yet now you can, uh, but because the consoles have gone so much further than that, everyone's become very blasé about that. I've heard people talk about this when they've complained about the keynote in the last couple of weeks. It's like, well, you know, yeah, we've all seen the demo with, uh, you know, some guy with a sword kind of swiping a dragon on the screen. And, and you, you know, I've even heard some journalists this week saying, oh, well, that's when I catch up with my notes in the keynote. So I don't want to look at that because I've seen it all before. And yet people have become so blasé about something that actually, as you say, 10 years ago would have blown people's minds. So you remember when the first, um, what was the, uh, what's it called, that one with the swords where you swipe? Um, I'm Epic trying to Blade. remember. Epic Blade. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, you know the one yep. I mean. Yep. Yeah. When that first came out, people were just stunned by how it looked. Yep. Yeah. I think some of this, though, is the uh, barrier to entry that, you go back 10 years, you couldn't make these games as as a guy sitting at home working uh, full-time and you're just doing this part-time or a student in a dorm room cranking out a game of this uh, magnitude and getting it distributed outside of computers. 
because yeah. we all know the story of doom and, and stuff like that. But now you can get so much better graphics with so little work on the developer side because so many of these tools are just built right in. And Apple and, and Android, they give the tools away to create this stuff. Yeah. It's free. You, there's, yeah. you don't have to... It's amazing. And then and all the you, tools that you want to learn how to how to become a programmer, uh, you can spend a month on YouTube and you're pretty much good to go. Yeah, that's right. And and also, you know, the engines to run these things, you can get the Unreal Engine. I don't know I don't know whether it's free or whether you have to license it, but it certainly doesn't cost a lot of money and all of a sudden you can have a you know a, a world-class graphics engine in which to build your world in exactly you don't need to be i mean i mean i think there is a reason that an awful lot of games that come out on the iphone in particular are kind of like 8-bit pixel style ones it's because it's easy we haven't got a lot of graphic skills to to do games like that um Whereas, you know, it's harder even with the tools to do like the big 3D games. But, yeah. um, you know, one of, one of the things that's always slightly put me off about some of the iPad gaming over the years is that a lot of the 3D games have a very common look to them. Kind yes. Of slightly, you know, the polygons are slightly and, off, the, the polygon yeah. angles. You know what I mean? The polygon I angles do. they use are very, very sharp. It's yes, like and you could tell that they're just calling a toolbox from within yeah, exactly. the development environment. And, you know, everything looks like it's made out of very long triangles. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I know and, exactly and what you mean. You know what I mean, yeah. And, and I, that kind of art style really puts me off now because I think it looks cheap because generally it is cheap. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully one of the things – I don't know. Does Oceanhorn come across like that or is it – No, it's, it's beyond that. It, right. it's, it actually does look good. Um, I think the problem is, for me, I'm used to AAA titles now, especially Zelda, because I spent, you know, a thousand hours playing it. Probably not quite, but you know what I mean. Yeah. A lot of time playing that game and <clears throat> excuse me, and immersing myself in that game that when you see kind of a knockoff, it just screams knockoff. Yeah, that's, um, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. And that's and what I, Oceanhorn is. It's a Zelda knockoff. And yeah. that's fine. I, you know, there's how many GTA knockoffs were there? And they, yeah. they were still good games. Crackdown is a good example. Or yeah. uh, Infamous. And, you know, there's a bunch of them. Yep. Um, but, in fact, one of my favorite games was a knockoff that nobody purchased. It's called The Saboteur. I love yeah, that I remember, game. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. And you should get that for the 360, by the way. It's just such yeah, a good game. You, you, but here's it here again. I, I've now found I have... Well, first world problems, I now have an, an issue in that now I've got the Switch. I've got enough games to play on the Switch. I really have no interest in going to the Xbox 360. Yep. I'd rather sit down with the Switch. Yep. And so that's kind of all I do now. Although um, that game would change your mind because it's such a fun game that you're go it, you will make time for it. Uh, that's, and that's what good games do. Yeah, it but, used to be games sold consoles. That's mm -hmm. uh, You yeah. know, when, when GTA 3 came out, it sold the PS, well, that and the the Matrix DVD because DVD players are so expensive, and yet the PS2, which was also a DVD player, was not expensive. Um, but it was the consoles coming out, they had to have a big popular game, or people weren't going to buy it. Yeah, that's not what's true it, anymore. No, but what's exciting me about the Switch is that people are going back to the well with these older titles. The Switch is a, effectively a you know, a, a kind of a revved up mobile chipset anyway yes. um you know in, internally um there's most of the stuff that's on there there's no reason why you couldn't run that on an ipad if you develop for it it's just you know nintendo won't won't let people do that you know they won't you won't ever see breath of the wild on the ipad but if they did it would look it would look amazing it would look we got a mario switch. kart yeah i've not played that yet but uh, i haven't either but it's full mario kart on the yeah. ipad yeah i'm kind of Somewhat interested in it, only if it's cross-platform play. Otherwise, I don't yeah. care. Um, but, um, so you were talking. We, go yeah, ahead. What's, what's good about the Switch is that they are they are going back to these old games and they are remastering them for the Switch. And you know, a lot of the games I'm playing at the moment are games that were on the Xbox 360 kind of four or five years ago and are now being done for the Switch. And um, you know, they work pretty well, and that kind of excites me. And it means that there's games I like to play. Um, and one, you know, one of the biggest remasters that's come out this last week is uh, Link's Awakening, which was actually remastered from the Game Boy. Yep. 
Um, and uh, if you've seen footage of this game played online, it looks amazing. Yeah, it Switch. looks adorable. It, yeah, but not only that, it's it's you know you talk you talked about Breath of the Wild and that polish. It yep. has that polish. Yep. It's really really well done. It's not just kind of brought up into a three D thing. They've really thought about how to do it. But here's the thing. I found myself tempted, and as I was saying before, I'd never played much the Link of uh, the Zelda games before. Mm-hmm. Certainly not the 2D ones. Now, Link's Awakening was one of the biggest hits on the Game Boy, and it's still reckoned to be one of the best games of all time. And I found myself thinking, I know, I know the game is because sh- it's a Game Boy game; it's relatively short. I thought to myself, well, you know, should I spend forty, fifty pounds on um, Link's Awakening for the Switch? Or should I go back and play it in the Game Boy? And so I decided to do that. And that's what I've been doing. That, And I've been playing a hell of out of, out of it the last week. Um, you know, what's, what you I know did, what's ironic about that is I have been too. I didn't tell you this when we, <laughs> before we start. I've got it on my uh, RetroPie, right? Right. Yeah. I've been playing it on my TV on the RetroPie. So, yeah, I, I you know, as a, as... I've said I'm, I'm really into the Switch. I'm liking the handheld lifestyle at the moment. Um, so what I did is I went out and bought one of these retro emulation systems, a little handheld one. Um, and they run... The one I've got runs all sorts of things. But um, it runs Game Boy, uh, Game Boy versions, you know, I mean, super easily. Right. Uh, and, and I got this thing. It's called the BitBoy Pocket Go. I think I paid about £35 for it, something like that. Um, and it's about the size of a Game Boy Micro. Has, still less uh, than the cost of uh, still still less than the cost of Link's Awakening on the Switch. Yeah, um, a really sharp, quite small, two point four inch, but ex- really sharp, bright IPS screen. Um, all the controls you want, including uh, shoulder buttons, uh, and it comes with a memory card already filled with a whole load of games, including the original black and white Game Boy version of Link's Awakening. Um, in fact, I, I downloaded the. Game Boy Color version to take advantage of my color screen. Did but, you actually? Uh, is this what you sent me? The this BitBoy this? Yeah, because it's called the Pocket Go Retro Console. BitBoy Pocket Go, but now BitBoy is is the company. The, yeah, is no, is known. They've they've got two or three different ones. The first one they did looked like an original Game Boy. Yeah, um, and there's 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 four or five different Chinese companies doing these things now. They're basically they're running a system on a chip with a battery and controls and a sharp screen and you put an SD card in and it runs on an OS that basically runs emulators and um, yeah the one I, the, the, the bit by pocket go is actually quite interesting in that the firmware for it that came from the factory was okay but a lot of people said they didn't like the, they didn't like the way it updated the screen they said sometimes they got tearing for it so the community's gone out and updated it to a later one which has much more emulators in this thing emulates everything yeah. You know, uh, I've got um, Game Gear, I've got uh, Master System, NES, um, Super Nintendo, I've got the Game Boy Advance. PCE, got, Neo Geo, yeah, MAME, exactly, PS1. MAME, exactly. Now, some, all the emulators are, some of them are better than others, um, and if you really want to get everything running on there, you have <clears> to do a bit of delving. But all the Game Boy stuff and all the Nintendo stuff, the Nintendo Entertainment System and Super Nintendo, just run straight out of the box. And, uh, yeah, I've been playing the hell out of Link's Awakening on this tiny little system that, um, you know, has got a pin-sharp screen, and I'm really enjoying the game. It's a great game. It's a game. really good game, isn't and it? The, yeah, and the gameplay is identical to the Switch version. Yeah, the and I was going to bring graphics. that up because I got stuck at a couple places, so I, I went and looked at some walkthroughs, and the walkthroughs are off of the new version, yeah. but it's identical. It's just, I had to do the same thing. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's quite, it's, it's a feat in that I really like the game, but I do kind of wish I was playing it on the Switch instead because of the graphics. But after about 10 minutes, the graphic, you don't even care because the gameplay itself is so engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, 100% with you. Yeah. It's it's a great game. It truly is. And, you know, it's really kind of G'd me up now for some of these other Zelda games. Um, you know, the similar ones. I think after this one, I think I'm going to play A Link to the Past, which is the Super Nintendo one, and apparently... And in fact, that you can play on the Switch if you've got a um, Switch Online subscription, because the Super Nintendo... Yeah, the Super Nintendo emulation there has uh, a link to the past um, available from Nintendo, so you can play an official version on the Switch if you want to. 
Still and which is probably graphics. where I would play it. Again, the problem yeah. is I have one Switch, and Cole's kind of adopted it as you've his get, own. You've got to get a light, man. Yeah. You know, it's the future. It's it's definitely the future. Is basically have your. your <laughs> I think that's why they invented the light. It was we, like, for we, all the got, for all the adults whose whose kids dominate their Switch. It's like give them yeah. another system so they can play. I think that's kind of what they made it for. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just can't swing it financially right now. I know. I know, but uh, we got Christmas coming up. I know it's still September, almost October, but you know when you've got four kids and yeah. you know, Julie's got a large family, and I got my dad, and you know priorities are I've got enough video games. I don't need to to spend any money to get anything. Yeah, but maybe you could. Uh, so you've been playing on the TV with uh, Link's Awakening. I have with yeah. a uh, Xbox 360 controller, and it, yes. it's now it's it's smushing it down. You know, it's not stretching yeah. it out, which is good. I want it, you know, yeah. the correct aspect ratio. So, what um, does it does it put like a three inch triangle on the middle of the screen? A yeah, pretty square. much. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's it's stretched to the pr- correct proportions on the TV. Yeah. But it's not stretched horizontally. No, well, you don't want to. You don't want to change no. the aspect ratio because no. it, it. it it looks pl- it, it's fine. I mean, yeah. the graphics actually probably look better smaller because yeah. you, just the trick of being smaller and smaller pixels that your eyes are going to fill in details, whereas it doesn't when it's you know. So here's the huge. funny thing because any, those of us who've played the original Game Boy remember that the screen really sucks. Yes. Yeah? Um, and it really did a disservice to the games because when you actually see these, even the black and white versions for the original Game Boy running on a decent pin sharp screen, you realize how detailed those graphics were. Yeah. But because the screen was so slow to update and because it had that kind of not very great contrast, you missed, you lost a lot of that detail. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of the joy of these. <laughs> well, uh, I'm playing uh, the color version. Yeah, well, I'm playing the color version too, but yeah. I, as I said, I, I did load up the black and white version. And even the black and white version looks great on a, on a decent screen. You kind it does. Of, you kind of wish that Nintendo had been able to ship the Game Boys in the early days with better screens than they did. You know, I think the, the whole point of this long conversation since pretty much the beginning is that graphics don't really make the game. No. Because we're complaining about, oh, it, it looks like this, but, you know, PS... Uh, you, I never got into the polygon and blah, blah, blah. It's not about the graphics. I mean, good graphics like in Link or, you know, the latest uh, Call of Duty game, whatever, it looks extremely impressive and it does add to the gameplay. The gameplay yeah. comes first. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I suspect nowadays we're outliers in that. You know, I, I've, I've seen fury online from people playing Link's Awakening on the Switch because inside the dungeons it's running at 60 frames per second and outside in the, in the main world apparently it shifts to 30 frames per second and they find this totally offensive and I well, just yeah. kind of think well I don't even notice I can't imagine I've watched the videos and I can't notice on the videos um, and certainly when I'm playing Doom on the Switch uh, apparently it slows down or the frame yeah. rate slows down when, when it gets busy I've never noticed that, but maybe that's just because I'm an old dude. <laughs> yeah, well, there's probably something to be said for that. We do get some feedback we got last week. We did. Um, let me have a look at it. So this is from uh, Sonal. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's in the UK here with me. And he said, um, just listen to the latest pod- podcast and have to say that before installing iOS 13, I searched the internet for any problems and couldn't find any. I installed iOS 13 on both my iPhone 7 Plus and Watch OS 6 onto my Watch 3, and both installed without a hitch, and I haven't had a single bug that David mentioned. All my custom watch faces are preserved. In fact, CarPlay was playing up with iOS 12. Connection kept dropping intermittently, and now this appears to be totally fixed. Tim, the new interface is fab. All working flawlessly, apart from battery drain from, drain from my Dark Skies app, but I think an update from the developer will sort that. Keep up the good work. Um, I, I updated as well. Um, I have been impressed with uh, Apple CarPlay. That was yep. a big thing. You remember I've been saying that yeah. I was kind of waiting for. Um, I I like the new home screen. Yep. It's got a instead of the 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 faux home button, it's a it switches to either that view, the default view, or the uh, the the icon view. I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, or if you hold it down, that brings up Siri. If you don't have steering wheel controls, I like it. It works well. 
Um, my biggest problem is that the default view, it shows Apple Maps, which is fine, except it doesn't put Apple Maps in dark mode. So if you're driving and it's dark, you have this great big giant map on your screen that doesn't go away. And it doesn't switch to dark mode unless you actually bring up the Maps app and then it goes into dark mode. It's like, well, why isn't the preview in dark mode? And I went through all my settings and I can't figure out how to change it. And I don't think yeah. it is changeable. I'm that's, not sure. That's I'm not stupid. Sh- I'm not sure that that part is really finished yet. Um, I, I, I've seen some complaints online that, that that kind of that multi-view screen, people say, well, why can't I customize it? Why can't I put my own apps on there rather than have... Yeah, and I thought you could. I, yeah. That was my impression when I first watched the, the original keynote when they showed uh, the new Apple CarPlay. I thought I could customize that to put what I want on that screen, and you can't. It's calendar, music, um, favorites for the, the GPS, and then the GPS itself. And the yeah. GPS is taking up you know, a good third of that. So, and then I thought, I know you could tell Siri to route you somewhere using a a third party navigation app. Mm -hmm. I want ways on the main screen instead of Apple maps. And I want, or if I'm stuck with Apple maps, at least let me change it to dark mode. Yeah. Because as it is right now, I'm getting out of that view. If it's at all dark outside, because it's too fricking bright. I'm really hoping that, you know, with the 13 and the 13.1, and uh, you know, <laughs> Sonar here was had no bugs at all. You know, great. I'm I'm really pleased. I think probably the the number of bugs you get are related to how old your iOS installation is. Um, you know, mine goes back at least five six years. Yeah. Uh, to be sure, and um, I suspect I would have had less problems if I'd if I'd put it on as a new build. Um, but I didn't want to go that route this time. Um, but you know they'll they'll sort it out in time, um, and I'm sure I think some so. of these kind of features we'd expect will come in point releases later on. At least I hope so. Um, I have to say on the iPad, I think iOS iPad OS 13 is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. The stuff I haven't used in, it enough yeah. to really. All I've really done is play the arcade and then the stuff that I was normally yeah. doing anyways. So I haven't really explored it deeply, but I do like the stuff that it puts on the main screen if you yeah. turn that view on. But the thing is, is that if you want to use your iPad as your main computer, there's a lot of stuff there now. Yeah. The, the desktop browsing experience you get through Safari is excellent. Um, funnily enough, the, um, the sales management system we use in my company, the app that you use to access that is, is deprecated now. So it doesn't work anymore. Um, and a lot of guys were saying to me, said, well, what are we going to do? Because we use that all the time to put in timesheets and this, that, and the other. Um, and it turns out the reason that it's been deprecated is because you can now do it all in the browser just like you can on a Mac or a PC yeah. because the browser's much stronger. And you can download files. I downloaded a video from one of my cloud accounts using the web browser to uh, the downloads directory on my iPad and then opened up my video player and played it direct from there. And... You know, that's a simple trick for the most, you know, the cheapest Chromebook to do. But this is the first time the iPad's been able to do it. And it's amazing because now it feels much more like a proper computer. Yep. Yeah. My only issue is it's still too small for an everyday computer. I'm sitting in front of a 27-inch monitor, which is right next to my 22- or 21-inch monitor. I want to be able to... Yeah, just buy two 12.9 iPad Pros and glue them together. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) You know, I, what I want to do is use my keyboard, mouse, and, and my giant screen, and then yeah. it just plugs into the iPad instead. So if that I, would do you know it, what? You it, could, it might you get could, me away from my Mac. You could do that now. I think the iPad, the current iPad Pro, the USB-C, will, it will certainly connect to the bigger monitor. You can use your keyboard with it, the Bluetooth keyboard. You can turn on accessibility, and you have uh, you work with a mouse now. Uh, and the uh, USB-C will, will output to a larger display. So you mm. can pretty much do that, but you know you've got to drop uh, nearly a, nearly a thousand dollars on a iPad Pro. In which case, I'd, I would just get another iMac. Well, this is this is the thing. It's, you know, it's not there yet. Yeah, it's it's you know it's getting yeah. close. It's getting close. It is, and, and I think in a few years, I suspect the the, the lines are going to start blurring. I suspect they're going to come at it from the other way. In the you know the Mac, the Mac is going to be the become smallest more, Macs I agree. will become more iPad like. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yep. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of TechFan. We do encourage feedback. It is the show at techfanpodcast.com. The show techfanpodcast.com. 
uh, just like Sonal did. Sonal? 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 I'm not sure. Dude, you, you tell us how to pronounce your name. But thanks just for writing in anyway. Uh, absolutely. It was great we to hear from do. You. Yeah, and of course, you know, your feedback, guys, will uh, spur conversations. And that's kind of what this show is about talking. Talking. See you next week, David. See you then.